0: Amen. And I have asked Ali, I said, get up there on the keys. I want you playing behind me because I just feel this thing. This, this message that I'm I'm presenting today is actually a kickoff message to a new series entitled live heroically. And I want to challenge us through this series to begin to live in a way that elevates our game. Uh, God wants us to know we can, we can come with our A game in the service of his kingdom. Amen. Uh nothing frustrates your pastor more than watching uh people that are early earning millions of dollars giving it a half-hearted uh you know uh, effort. Sometimes I would if I you know I couldn't be a good coach. God be kicking some people in the seat of their pants. I'm like you getting paid for this enormous money and you're just going to be acting like you can just stroll down that, 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 that line there. No, you, you're going to run, and you're going to run hard. Amen? And I, I believe in the kingdom of God that we should be ready to bring our A game. Because God has equipped us for what we need to succeed. And, and I believe that through this series, some of you are going to get equipped to such a degree that your life is not going to be the same anymore. Your, your walk with the Lord is going to go up another notch. And I'm telling you, uh, because there are some of you that are like, I do not want to just be going through the motions anymore. I want my life to count. I want to live fruitful. So get ready. And, and so we're going to begin today, uh, this series, Live Heroically. And I believe that live, to live heroically, living heroically, begins with knowing. Living heroically begins with knowing. Uh, The word heroically, it is defined as in an admirably brave or determined manner. In an admirably brave or determined manner. In other words, in order to be uh, a person who lives heroically, you've got to have the quality of bravery or courage. And I love a definition that I came across regarding courage. The person said courage is practice. Courage is practice what, what does that mean that you choose to act irregardless of the fear or the worry of taking that step you, you decide I'm, I'm just going to take the step anyways and, and and when you start doing that on an ongoing basis courage begins to become the order of your day in the face of challenges and and so admirably brave and also it speaks of determination those that uh, live heroically they have a determination they have a I don't care what it takes I'm gonna I'm gonna do it and so if you and I want to live heroically we've got to be people that are brave people that are courageous people that are determined there was a man who asked his teenage son to explain where he was going With a pick, a shovel, and a guitar. The young man responded, I'm going to see my girlfriend. I promise to serenade her tonight. If that's the case, the father asked, Why are you taking a pick and a shovel with you? The boy, the young boy replied, Because she wants me to serenade her under her window. And she lives in a basement apartment. I love that. That determination of that young man. I'm going to get the job done. I'm going, to, I'm going to fulfill the desire of that young lady who has my heart. And so today we begin to look uh, into people in the Bible who chose to live heroically. We are starting in a book of the Bible that's called Daniel. But before we delve into its content, let me give us a a snapshot of historical context. Daniel lived approximately 400 years after David and 600 years before Jesus. The book covers about a 75-year period from 605 B.C. to about 530 B.C. In the beginning... Daniel is just a teenager, probably about 15 years old. When the book closes, he is about 90 years old. Over the course of his life, Daniel goes from prisoner to serving as a trusted counselor to a succession of Babylonian and Persian rulers. Here is what we discover in a nutshell regarding what happened to Daniel and his four friends or the, his friends that are found in the first chapter of the book of Daniel. The Babylonians stripped Daniel and his friends of their home, their manhood, their culture, and even their identity. The Babylonians took away all the outward trappings of Daniel and his friends' existence. But the Babylonians could not take away who they really were on the inside. The fact is, instead of being changed by the culture, Daniel and his friends ended up changing the culture itself from the top down. They were in hostile territory, but they found a way to make a real difference in the lives of people who fundamentally disagreed with them. I want you to get a hold of these facts because God wants us to know that in our day and age, we do not have to be shaped, fashioned, or formed by the culture in which we live. But that through him, he will empower us. He will equip us to make a difference no matter what setting we find ourselves in. And the reason why I am so passionate about starting and delivering this series is because I believe that in 2019, God has a people like Daniel and the three friends of his that we're going to look at who are ready and our position and our desire to make a difference regardless of the situation or setting in which they find themselves in because they've come to realize if God placed me here it is not just to survive but it is to thrive in carrying out His divine purpose in the earth. (laughs) Reading through this first chapter of Daniel reveals that to live heroically begins with knowing to live heroically begins with knowing the four individuals that are highlighted as the finest and brightest among the children of Israel reveal what we must know in order to live heroically. In other words, through what we're going to discover in Daniel chapter one, we're going to come to realize that to live heroically, we need to know certain things that are illustrated through the lives that these young men live. And I want to share three of those things that we need to know today. First, they reveal that you need to know your stuff. Know your stuff. In verses 3 and 4 of Daniel chapter 1, the Bible says, And the king instructed Aspenas, the master of his eunuchs, to bring some of the children of Israel, And some of the king's descendants, and some of the nobles, young men, in whom there was no blemish, but good-looking, gifted in all wisdom, possessing knowledge and quick to understand, who had ability to serve in the king's palace, and whom they might teach the language and literature of the Chaldeans. Notice the traits or characteristics that these young men possess that are defined and highlighted in these verses. They were gifted, they were knowledgeable, they were teachable, and they were ready to serve. They were gifted, they were knowledgeable, they were teachable, and they were ready to serve. These young men that were taken from their homeland to a foreign land, they were ready to make a difference regardless of the change of location. Why? Because they had prepared themselves. And they understood that God had gifted them. And I want to say to each and every one of us that are here today, whether you're a Christ follower or not, whether or not you've come to faith in God or not, the God of heaven created you. And when He made you, He wired you. He gave you A a, a measure of faith, the Bible calls it. He gave you gifts and talents, but it isn't until you come to faith in God and turn over the control of your life to Jesus Christ, that you begin to maximize on the gift or gifts and talents that God has placed in every one of us. All of us that are family through Jesus Christ. The Bible says of us in Romans chapter 12 and verse 6 in the New Living Translation. In His grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. Everyone who is part of the body of Christ, everyone who is part of the family of God, the Bible says, has been given gifts by God to do certain things well. There is a common phrase a jack of all trades, but a master of none. Meaning there's people that can findangle and get involved through, through choice or through even through just stepping out. And they'll do and learn how to do different things, but they won't know how to master everything. Because the fact of the matter is that all of us can do something, but we're not called to do everything. What Paul is pointing out here in Romans 12 is that each one of us has a power point. Each one of us has a strength gift from God. And in some cases, God gives gifts, plural, to certain individual. But the fact is, every one of us does have a gift. At least one gift. And though we cannot do everything... God has graced each and every one of us to do something. The Bible says of of, of Daniel and his three friends that they were gifted, just like you and I are gifted. The Bible says that they were gifted. Gifted, just like you and I have been graced by God to be able to accomplish certain tasks, not just because of a willingness, but a gifting to be able to carry that task on to completion in an excellent manner. Art Williams says this, All you can do is all you can do, but all you can do is enough. Let me say that again. All you can do, is all you can do but all you can do is enough you may not be able to sing like so-and-so you may not be able to play like so-and-so an instrument You may not be able to do the task like that person that works alongside of you. But there is something that you are strengthened to do. There is something that God through His grace has gifted you to do. And God is saying, I'm not calling you to do everything. I'm calling you to do that something that I've graced you to do. And when you carry that out, you will find yourself living effectively and productively. And then the Bible goes on to say in 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 3 and 4, and I'm reading out of the Passion Translation. 2 Peter 1, verses 3 and 4, out of the Passion Translation. Everything, watch this, everything we could ever need for life and godliness has already been deposited in us by His divine power. For all this, was lavished upon us through the rich experience of knowing Him who has called us by name and invited us to come to Him through a glorious manifestation of His goodness. As a result of this, He has given you magnificent promises that are beyond all price so that through, watch this, the power of these tremendous promises, you can experience what? Partnership with the divine nature by which you have escaped the corrupt desires that are of the world. You see, what Peter is telling us is that God has gifted us with everything we need for life and for godliness. And not only that, but He has given us promises that when we lay hold of those promises, they possess such power that we will experience knowing partnership with God Himself. Imagine that. You and I being able to partner with God. How can that happen? When we lay hold of the fact that each of us is gifted by God through His grace. And also when we lay hold of His promises and dare to believe that if I will speak His promise, if I will believe His promise, if I will take hold of His promise, His power will be activated and His partnership will be known in this endeavor. That's why the Bible says this. The Bible says this in Psalm 60, verse 12. It says, Through God we shall do valiantly. For He it is who shall tread down their their enemies. For he, he it is who shall tread down their enemies. Now watch this. In the book of Daniel, the Bible says, But the people who know their God will be strong and do exploits. I'm inviting you today to move from ordinary living to extraordinary living. To live heroically. By first of all knowing your stuff God has given you Not only the goods To do good But even to be good God has given you The goods To do good And be good That's what Peter is writing Now these young men That we read about in Daniel chapter 1 They were ready When opportunity knocked They were ready When opportunity knocked. Why? Because they were prepared. Preparation precedes position. Some people are like, I think I I should be promoted by now. Do you know what that position requires? Well, no, but I think I'm gifted for it. It ain't enough to be gifted. You need to know. You need to prepare. So that when opportunity knocks, you're not fumbling to know what to do. You're already prepared. Listen to me. Mm. Be aware that to obtain your share, you have to prepare. Let me say that again. Be aware that to obtain your share of whatever God's assigned to you, whatever God has gifted you to carry out, you have to be ready by being prepared. Because there is no loaf for the loafer. Well, I'm just waiting on God. No, you better start working. You better start preparing. This is what I love about the book of Daniel. They weren't waiting for opportunity. They were ready for opportunity. Say, know your stuff. Then you need to know yourself. You need to know yourself. Look at verses 6 through 8 of Daniel chapter 1. Now we're getting to a part where we got to review some names or look at some names. And if you've ever looked at the Old Testament, you're going to discover names that you're wondering, am I even pronouncing this right? Probably not. And there are times when I'm reading the Bible and I don't say their names. Why? Because they're dead already. They knew who they were. And they're not going to get offended. Watch this though. I'm going to say it. Daniel chapter 1, verses 6 to 8 says, Now from among those of the son of Judah were Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. To them the chief of the eunuchs gave names. Watch this. He gave Daniel the name Belteshazzar, to Hananiah, Shadrach, to Mishael, Meshach, and to Azariah, Abednego, or some say Abonigas. (laughs) Okay. Some say that. But Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's delicacies, nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore, he requested of the chief of the eunuchs that he might not defile or contaminate himself. Now watch this. What was happening? The Babylonians tried to change their thinking By giving them a Chaldean education, their loyalty by changing their names, and their lifestyle by changing their diet. The Liberty Annotated Study Bible states appalling. The name changes are a good example of attempted brainwashing. It continues. All four young men had good Hebrew names that reflected godly heritage. They were given instead Babylonian names that denoted praise of Babylonian gods. Daniel, his name meant God is my judge. It was changed to Belteshazzar, which means Bel will protect. Hananiah, his name meant God is gracious. It was changed to Shadrach, which means inspiration of the sun, S-U-N. Mishael meant God is without equal. His name was changed to Meshach, which means belonging to Aku, about another Babylonian god. And Azariah, the Lord is my helper. His name was changed to Abednego, servant of Nego, or Abonigas, a soup popular among men. No, that's not That's not. Now watch this. Their new names were intended to give them a Babylonian rather than a Hebrew identification. The rest of the book shows that although the Babylonians could change the young men's names, they could not change their character. I want you to get a hold of this. When you and I know who we are and whose we are, When you and I know that as children of God, we belong to God. And we know that we are not only His... But He is our, He is our helper. Then, it doesn't matter what the media says. It doesn't matter the hype from Hollywood. It doesn't matter what kind of messages they're promoting at your school, at your workplace. When you know who you are, it's not the world that is going to shape you. It's not the world that is going to fashion and form you. When you know who you are, it doesn't matter what the pressure is on the outside. The power of God on the inside it's going to keep you rooted and grounded in who you are. I know who I am. I am a child of God. I am adopted. I am forgiven. I am redeemed. I am justified. I am sanctified. I am a branch connected to the true vine. I am salt. I am light. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I am more than a conqueror through Him who loves me. When you know who you are, because you are allowing God's Word, to reveal to you through reading it, through reflecting on it, through rehearsing it. What happens is it doesn't matter what the world system that, that has the values and goals that excludes God is trying to do through its pressure in order to try to fashion and form you. The, again, the power on the inside will prove to be greater than the pressure on the outside. And instead of being shaped into the world's values and goals, you will be fashioned into more of the image of Jesus and your life will go from glory to glory from faith to faith from strength to strength and you'll be fruitful and you will be effective and you will be productive and you will be thriving not just surviving know know your stuff know yourself and then know your source know your source Look at verse 17 of Daniel chapter 1. It says, As for these four young men, watch this, God gave them knowledge and skill in all literature and wisdom. And Daniel had understanding in all visions and dreams. God gave them knowledge and skill. Woo. Get a hold of this. Though these young men began with impressive natural abilities, as we noted in verse 4, that alone was not the reason for their success. God, God's touch upon them made the miracle that we read in Daniel 1, 19 and 20 possible. What miracle? Woo-hoo. Look at Daniel 1, 19 and 20. It says, and the king interviewed them. Among them, all, none was found like Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Therefore, they served before the king. Watch this. And in all matters of wisdom and understanding about which the king examined them, he found them, watch this, 10 Times better than all the magicians and astrologers who were in all his realm let me tell you something straight up right now I'm not afraid of warlocks witches, astrologers magicians, they got nothing on what I got I know my stuff I've got the spirit of God living inside of me There was a season in the church where they said, you ministers need to be careful. There are witches and warlocks and they're fasting and praying to the devil so that you will fall. I've got something to tell those types of believers that get all spooked out when they hear stuff about, and did you know they're doing this and that in their camp? I I could care less because my security is not dependent on my power. It's dependent on His power. Almighty God, even when I stumble he upholds me. He sustains me. He is a shield around me. Woo. Mm. Get out of here. The Bible says, one just, because we, we, in the church, we have false humility. We think that the, 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 the more we, 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 we disregard or we, we discredit what we have, the more humble we are. "Well no, I'm not that good," or uh, "No, I can't do that." or "That's not humility." Because notice what the Bible says that God's touch did on these young men. It caused them to be 10 times better than the astrologers and the musicians, magicians rather, in the king's realm. I want to say to you today, if you're a child of God, you serve a God, not just of addition. He's a God of multiplication. And I want you to believe that as you make the choice to live heroically, that your life is going to become ten times better. You're not going to settle for surviving. You're going to expect that through God you're going to be thriving. Because that's what this book reveals. Our God through Jesus Christ didn't just save us so that we could have eternal life. Our name's written down in the heaven. But the Bible says, I came to give you life and life more abundantly. Life to the full. Don't settle for surviving. Don't settle for just getting by. Don't settle for barely enough. He's more than enough. And He will, through His touch, enable you to experience a multiplication in your life. Woo! So don't be like, well, you know, I really can. I don't know how. And when you know full well you know, you can. Humble people don't say they can't. They simply say, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Look at Daniel, 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 Daniel chapter 2, verses 27 and 28. It says, Daniel answered in the presence of the king and said, The secret which the king has demanded, the wise men, the astrologers, the magicians, and the soothsayers can cannot declare to the king. But there is a God in heaven who reveals secrets. And he has made known to King Nebuchadnezzar what will be in the latter days. Your dream and the visions of your head upon your bed were these. You see, Daniel became aware that the king had a dream. And none of the astrologers and magicians, none of the men in the king's court could interpret the dream that he had. And therefore the king threatened, I'm going to take all of you out. I'm going to exterminate you. I'm going to get rid of you. You guys are useless. And when Daniel got word of it, he said, just tell the king, give me some time. And Daniel called on God. And daniel got the interpretation but notice when he comes before the king he makes sure to share with the king who his source is he said there is a god in heaven that reveals secrets there is a god in heaven that reveals secrets you and i need to testify In our world today, that is looking for answers, that is looking for solutions. There is a God in heaven who reveals secrets. We don't need to be muffed. We don't need to be quiet. We don't need to be silent. We need to be loud as the redeemed of the Lord and declare there is a God in heaven who has the solution, who has the answer, and not be ashamed to proclaim that we believe that in this 21st century there is hope for our world. There is solution. There are still cures to be found. There is Still, freedom that can be experienced because there is a God in heaven who is able. So, you and I need to know our source so that when you and I experience, like Daniel, elevation, when we experience promotion, we don't allow the spotlight to stay on us, we turn it back where it belongs, we put it on the Lord. We let everybody know we know. We know our source. We know our source of strength. We know our source of help. The Apostle Paul, who I consider the greatest leader outside of Jesus in the New Testament era. He was a man that was highly credentialed and qualified because of his upbringing. But he was a man who recognized all that matters now. Matters is meaningless without fulfilling what God's grace me to do. And he made this statement in 2 Corinthians 3.5. Not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think anything as being from ourselves. But our sufficiency is from God. He knew his source. And then he writes these words in chapter 9 verse 8. And God is able to make all grace abound towards you. That you, always having all sufficiency in all things, may have an abundance for every good work. When I come to stand before you week after week, I'm up here with confidence, with courage. Not because I think I'm all that but because I know that I'm not alone. The God of all grace, He provides the sufficiency that I need to not only get the work done, but it says to abound unto every good work. This verse, 2 Corinthians 9, 8, I pray it regularly, not just upon myself on Sunday. I pray it regularly Sundays upon the pastors of this region. I pray it regularly upon our praise and worship crew. I pray it regularly for those that are running the sound and tech booth. I pray it regularly for our greeters, our ushers, our nursery workers, because I believe that when we're carrying out the work of God, It is with the God of the work providing grace. And I'm saying to you, I don't know what your gift is. I don't know what your task of responsibility is, but I'm declaring over you today that you are not going to settle for just carrying out that task, but you are going to experience being elevated and empowered by God's power to such a degree that now what you do is going to be at a higher level. You're going to be known as one who is not just experiencing God's addition, but God's multiplication you are not going to settle for I'm just getting by you're going to experience the God of more than enough and you're going to discover as you choose to live heroically that your God is not going to leave you bankrupt he's not going to leave you empty handed he's going to give you everything you need when you need it to carry out a task in an excellent way know your source The evening of May 22nd of 2017, 2017, Chris Parker was standing just outside the foyer of Manchester Arena. He was interacting with concert attendees as they came through the glass doors at the conclusion of the Ariana Grande concert when a loud explosion forced Chris and those around him to the ground. A suicide bomber had detonated an explosive just inside the venue's foyer. Chris immediately jumped back to his feet. And as the crowds fled the carnage, Chris did the unhuman, some would say superhuman thing. He ran towards the blast area and began helping the dozens injured. He found a young girl with severe damage to her legs. It was children, he remembered. It was a lot of children with blood all over them and crying and screaming. Commandeering a concert merchandise t-shirt from a nearby table, Chris made a tourniquet to slow the bleeding, probably saving her life. He then found another victim with injuries too great to survive and comforted comforted her In her final moments, she passed away in my arms. She was in her 60s and said she had been with her family. Chris was not a medic. He was not a member of a first responder team. He was just a self-professed regular guy. But Chris is anything but regular. News outlets are drawn to actions like that of Chris's. Perhaps to shine some bright hope into profound darkness. As with every such tragedy, we witness the concurrent existence of humanity's darkest and brightest potentialities. Those who strive to save lives and instill peace rushing right on the heels of those bent on taking lives and creating carnage. Inhuman horror meeting superhuman heroism. In the coming days, Chris was hailed as a hero. A title he systematically rejected. He said, I'm supposed to be a hero, but I'm not a hero. I'm just a normal guy. Just a normal, regular guy who ran into the arena that night. All because I heard kids screaming. I had no choice. But what makes Chris's story so much more. The life lesson for us is not just what he did, but why he was even at the concert that night. He wasn't an attendee. He couldn't afford the ticket. He wasn't working. He doesn't have a job. Chris is homeless. He was there that night searching for charity, but wound up being able To share charity with others. Many of us want to help. But we wait for more resources. Till we are better prepared. Hoping someday we can become a positive influence on our world. As soon as we get that promotion. As soon as we graduate. As soon as we get our act together. Maybe then we can do something heroic. But heroes are simply those who maximize their current resources, whatever they are, for a cause outside themselves. And don't forget, a homeless man once died to save the world. He said in Luke nine fifty eight, foxes have dens, the birds have nests. But the Son of Man has nowhere to lay His head. And He gave all He had so that we could be freed through His sacrifice. And I'm saying to us today that if you and I will know our stuff, our self, and our source, We will be able to live heroically. And God can use you and I to save others. Maybe not from carnage, but from themselves. From hurts, habits, and hang-ups that enslave them today. If we're willing to live heroically. Here's what I've learned about those who live heroically. You can't make a difference unless... You choose to be different and make a difference. You can't make a difference unless you choose to be different and make a difference. That's what Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego decided to do. Regardless of the setting we're in, we're going to be different. We're going to stay true to our source, knowing that He will empower us, He will equip us, even here in this pagan culture society, to make a difference. And they influenced from the top down. I dare you to live heroically. And I dare you to believe That God can use your influence under him. Even in dark places. And bring about a positive change. Amen. Lord, I thank you. For your call and your challenge to us. To dare to live heroically. You don't want us just to survive. You want us to thrive. Regardless of the setting that we find ourselves in. You want us to know our stuff. We've got the goods to do good and be good. Just like Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. You've gifted us. You've given us everything we need for life and godliness. Yeah. We need to know ourself. We need to know our identity in Christ, who we are and whose we are. So that instead of being fashioned and formed and conformed to the world, Lord, we are transformed. And the power on the inside prevails against the pressure on the outside. Yeah. We need to know our source. Our help comes from you. The maker of heaven and earth. I believe today in my heart that there are people here that say, that would say in their heart, pastor, I want to live heroically. I want to make a difference. I don't just want to survive. I want to thrive. I want to know God's multiplication activated in my life. I want to carry out what He's gifted me to do. Not just in an ordinary way, but an extraordinary way. Then I'm going to invite you to come forward to this front area. We call it the altar. And there are leaders that are coming now. Prayer warriors that are coming now. We're going to agree with you. Because I believe that the reason why I've been led, directed to begin this series is because... There are some of you that are saying, I don't want to just exist. I want to make a difference. I want my life to count. And you realize that you're gifted. God's gifted you. And He's gifted you for the extraordinary. And you're ready for that. You want that. I invite you come right now. We want to pray with you. We want to agree with you. Because our God is able. Our God is able. That's it. Come i want to experience god's multiplication in my life i want to experience god's touch in my life i want to live life not just surviving i want to thrive i want to experience life to the fullest i don't just want to live my life existing i want to live my life fruitful i want to live my life making a difference I don't just want to know what I can do. I want to know what God can do through me. I want to experience that. That's you. You come. We want to agree with you. I believe God's touch is ready to be experiencing your life today. Little becomes much, a songwriter put it, when it's placed in the Master's hand. Place yourself. Place what you've got into the Master's hand. And He will multiply it. That's it. Come. Draw near. Draw near. Draw near to God. The Bible says, and He will draw near to you. God, take what I have. Take what I'm offering you right now. Multiply it, God. I want you to work not only in me, but through me. I want to make a difference. I want to live heroically. That's it.